Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the right time. Away sports and entertainment original presented by Prize Picks. My name is Bomani Jones. Thanks for watching us on YouTube. Thanks for listening wherever you get your podcast. Rate us, review us, give us five stars. You only give us four stars. I'm inclined to believe you are a hater. Happy New Year to you all. It's that time of week where we have a guest join us, coming to us live. Check him out at Slate. Check him out on Hang Up and Listen. He's here with his lion-ass beard. Joel Anderson, what's going on? Oh, you you went there. I was going to wish you Happy New Year and talk about the new success and all that. And you, you went there for real? I mean, I mean, the people know you'll be your lying. Like I had to, like, sometimes you just get in a situation where everybody know the deal and you just got to say it. So look, I already have a problem with this is, is a lack of <laughs> dignity, but I, I'll go ahead. So, all right, people understand, look, if you've seen pictures of me before, if you know who I have, I'm a little grayer in and around the face and in the hair. My wife, who's the only person I need to be responsible to in terms of looks, like if she has a request, I have to honor it, and she wanted me to dye my beard, and so. <laughs> yes, all right. I just so said, look, what I, what, I'm trying it. I'm just you, saying. I mean, you call me out like that, bro. He'll say I don't have a wife, but at one time I had a TV show on HBO, and it was made kind of clear to me by every barber that came in that we was gonna be lying to the people. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right up here on that headline, we was gonna be lying to them. Like, like it was, it was a lot of fiction that that was there, man. And so I looked up, and you had mentioned it. You know that. You know, people had noticed that your beard was out here lying, you know? I see, I didn't say this. See, this is supposed to have been between family, you and me. I, I'll say so. I'll tell the people, because look, I'm I'm an honest man. So I sent Bo a picture, because I've, I've been fighting the dye thing for so long. And uh, so I got my my beard re-dyed right after the Christmas holiday. And my little son, he's 20 months old, he comes up to my face and he just starts looking at it. He goes, you know, he's looking at my head and he goes, what happened? Daddy, what happened? And I was and so I sent Bo that video thinking, hey man, it's kind of cute. You know, you get to see my boy. But now you're using it on me like that. Incorrect. Incorrect. I thought that I could say that to you and you would know what I was talking about and I would know what you was talking about and it would just be us. But I did not realize that you was just gonna decide that you had to tell on yourself in front of everybody. That's fine. You know what? Look, I, I'm I'm an honest man. You know what I'm saying? I still think I look good, you know. I mean, people can judge for themselves. Yeah. But I ain't but, say you look I, bad. But, I ain't say you look bad. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, man, you know, sometimes you got to do some cheating, you know, when you get a little older. I didn't, <laughs> I just didn't want to look like Ronald Reagan. That was my thing. I was like, man, don't have me out there looking like that. I'm like, <laughs> I mean, you've seen the brothers, you know, that are on TV or whatever, and they're 74 years old and they don't have any gray. And it's yeah. like, you know, come on, don't be that way. So anyway. But, but see, you know. the thing is, if you go do that, though, you can't never waver, right? Like the, the, the issue is you had already come out here speaking your truth. And so once you had done that, you couldn't go back out here and start lying. You know what I'm saying? Like that that's that's the trick bag. Like that's what happened to me. I lived my truth and then I was on TV lying and everybody knew that I was out there on TV lying, right? And I knew that I was lying, but at the same time it was a combination of a number of factors. Well, wait, I mean, look, there's a lot of people out there that have never seen my face before. Now I'm going to have to try it all over again. So the next time I come on, or I'm on screen somewhere, they'll have to judge, but man, when I have that gray patches in there, my wife is right in that if and, you know, I don't dress up anymore. I, I work from home. And so sometimes when I go out in my sweats and my gray, that's kind of in here, it kind of makes me look a little transient. So, you know, I. <laughs> you oh, know, hold on, hold on. Wait a minute, 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 wait a minute. Oh, you let your wife tell you that you look like you homeless? I mean, look, man, 
I, I, mean, I know you live in California, so y'all don't use words like that no more. But it sounds like that's what you just said. I mean, look, man, I live in an area where there's not a lot of, the, the, you know, if you're black out here in this part of the Bay, maybe you work over at Stanford or maybe you just kind of got dropped off here on one of them trains. You know what I'm saying? Or one of the buses. And sometimes people can't tell if you're wearing certain kind of sweats or whatever, or, you know, you just walk kind of bundled up. And so I'm not saying that anybody has mistaken me for that before, but if it happened, I could understand. And so I'm yeah, trying yeah, to... And you, and you think dyeing your beard, go fix it, huh? That's because well, I mean, how many... Because that's I, how white folks work, okay. I mean, how many transient... How many transient... I was about to curse, and I, I was going to go a little too far. How many transient uh, folks you see out here, you know, with some just for men in their beard, though, you know? Oh, okay. So you know your fiction is so obvious that they will understand that it will show that you was cared for as opposed to somehow you just managed to, like, keep it moving. I'm proud of you, man. Happy Happy New Year, bro. <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm I didn't expect it to go Thank there, you. but look, sometimes, so you, look, we're going to talk about the college football playoff and some college football stuff in a second. We kind of want to do that, but sometimes you wind up in a situation where everybody kind of know what's going on and somebody got to be the one to say it. And for those of you, if you hadn't had an opportunity to see this, this is from New Year's Day. It is ESPN has a television show called College Game Day. It is a mainstay of things. And they had a moment that is very similar to what we just kind of went through here. And by the way, Joel, I did not plan it like this. It just worked out this way where we just figured out the smooth segue. And sometimes all I'm saying is, when people know what's going on, but you ain't saying what's going on, sometimes somebody got to say what's going on. And I want to watch as Reese Davis wound up in that situation. Jalen Milrow often wears his own branded apparel reading LANK across the front. It's an acronym that stands for Let a Naysayer Know. Being told by his former offensive coordinator, that Bill O'Brien. That is not what I thought. Is that not what you thought? Boy, let a naysayer know. Let a naysayer know. Of course. The professional's right in the middle of his lead. That's all right. I just keep I going. You almost lost me. Yeah. <laughs> it got real tight up here as you were. I just want to you too smooth with that. I thought it was going down. I thought it was going down out here. Let a naysayer know, Joel. What do you think Joey meant when he said, I thought it was going down, though? I don't think Joey knew what to say. He just knew <laughs> that he thought something was about to happen. I don't know yep. if he had an appropriate description, but it, I thought it was about to go down encompasses enough of what might have <laughs> happened there that you really can't go wrong with. I thought it was going down. Now, my favorite part of this, again, it's L-A-N-K, which stands for let a naysayer know. And if you go back, Go back. Sean, I want you to run this one more time, and I'm going to tell you when to stop. But I want you to watch, listen, because everybody's been raising this question as to whether or not Reese Davis knew what was going on or knew what he was doing. But I feel like he held that mm in naysayer for a minute. Like, he syncopated that shit. Play that. Jalen Milrow often wears his own branded apparel reading LANK across the front. It's an acronym that stands for Let a Naysayer Know. Stop that. Stop that. I don't know. Maybe I imagined it. But I felt like he hit that. He hit the end hard like he that's like he that's the one right like yeah. like when he got on the one on that end let yeah. a naysayer know. But I got to remember I got to say it right. Also like I just when he said oh is that not what it says? 
<laughs> is that is that not what it is? That's that's, 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 that's the that. best part. <laughs> did you but think it meant something else? <laughs> but did you? People have been out here like, when do you think Reese knew what was going on? The second Pat McAfee said something, everybody knew what was going on. Y'all think these white people don't be paying attention, and I'm here to tell you that they do. But Bo, I'm, you know what? Everybody, I'm gonna. I, so there was somebody in your mentions yesterday when you tweeted this out that managed to have a view of the camera isolated on Herb Street. Kirk, I don't think Kirk knew. Now you're gonna have to watch that video and go back into your mentions. Look, man, he does not. He he's he's laughing, right? Because he knows something funny has happened. But I think he thought it was because Pat interrupted Reese, not because of what they were talking about. And I look, I don't. I know Herb Street's probably been in a lot of different rooms. He's probably heard naysayer a time dude, or two, and I'm not dude, trying to say anything dude, to impugn dude, him or anything. Dude. But this, this all, this all I'm saying, okay? All the white people that was retweeting that, they got the joke, okay? Every single one of them got the joke, and by the way, have tried to make awkward attempts to also participate in the joke. And I'm just here to tell you, sometimes you're like, sometimes this is like a restaurant. You ain't got to do nothing. Just sit your ass down and eat. You know what I'm saying? Like, you don't need to be coming in the back. No, we don't need no help with nothing. You ain't got to wash no dishes. Stay away from the pots. Just sit there and eat before you fuck around and burn yourself, okay? Just just stay right over there where you are. But I don't know why. Look, man, these dudes done spent a lot of time. Like, Kirk Herbstreet, not as much. They've been around enough black people to where they know what we be doing. They know what we be talking about. And I'm telling you, look, look, you, t- you telling me you think Reese Davis, Davis did. You think Reese Davis didn't know? Reese Davis is like, you thought it meant something else? He knew what time it was. How Pat McAfee know what time it is? But you go, we just assuming these other cats don't. So Pat McAfee played in West Virginia, like Pat White and Steve Slayton there in West Virginia. So I feel like he played with a lot of naysayers. You know what I'm saying? So he, like, that, <laughs> you almost got me. You almost you know, got yeah. me. You almost got me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Well, I, I felt, Kirk Herbstreit went mean, to Ohio you, State. I, but you, man, it was Ohio State at a different time in a dip. Like, Fair. When, Fair. you know what I'm saying? I feel like they he played in a locker room where it was less likely that he would have had to socialize. Okay. I hear, I hear what team. you're, I hear what you're saying. I'm going to tell you a story that somebody I know and care about deeply knows. I'm not going to identify the person. The person will be listening. I'm not going to identify them because I don't know if that person wants to be identified, but this person had, I guess the term we use now is administrative assistant, but at the time we called them secretaries. This person had a secretary um, who was a white woman, um, and it's like an HBCU, right? Like, like if you've been around a state HBCU, you know the white people who work there, and they just white people. They ain't in there with slanty haircuts and bamboo earrings. Nah, man, they just white people who got a job at one of the biggest hirers in the area, right? Sometimes you got to swallow your pride. I don't know. I like the lady a lot. Just want to be clear. So anyway, uh, the person was explaining to the white lady as the they were attempting to in a way, make something out of nothing in order to make something work using non-traditional means. Oh, oh no. Oh, I right. Right, like a, a, a sort of a, <laughs> a, a layperson's engineering, if you will. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I have heard the phrase Afro-engineering in reference to this, which I thought was pretty clever. Okay. That's that's and so really, yeah, I didn't think there was another option that would be suitable under this circumstances. Yes, nor yeah. I, nor I, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and so right. as this person and the white woman were working this out, the person says to the white woman, you know, that 
we have a phrase that we use to describe something like this. And the white woman's response was, oh, yeah, I know. We use it, too. Now, I'm just saying this to, again, let y'all know these white people are way more up on game. Who you think started it? Who you think who who you think was the first person to say naysayer? Who you think came up with naysayer? You what y'all think we y'all y'all think we took naysayer back? We've been naysayers forever over there. Yeah, but they we don't know how we be them. using it. We learned it from watching them. That, that, <laughs> that's true, but I feel like they don't know all the different iterations that we sometimes Bro, they come know up with iterations that you couldn't possibly imagine that they know they know iterations that would shock you if you go onto that website called the racial slur dictionary all it is is iterations of naysayers they they think they, they got they they got naysayers from other countries and when they got somebody they don't like from another country they just call them that kind of naysayer you from the desert guess what kind of naysayer you is i just need people to know what i loved about what mcafee did in that moment was Y'all be thinking these white people don't know what you're talking about. It reminds me of like back when I was doing like college professoring, right? And April the 20th, every year, these little snot-nosed kids walking in front of me talking about happy holiday. Like, I don't know what they talking about. I was 24. I'm 24 years old. I know what today is. Y'all walking in front of me, just saying it. Like, like oh, oh, the teacher doesn't know what we talk about. Yes, the teacher knew exactly what it was that y'all was talking about. And Pat McAfee, when he stopped it right there, that was just to let everybody know. Like, look, I know he be with Darius Butler on that television show, but the rest of that TV show ain't no Darius Butler. And I'm here to tell you, they all knew what time it was, too. I just need everybody to understand and get that part. This, That's what made that great. And what made it great with McAfee was... I would have I would have been subtle about it. I'd have said something like, huh, naysayer. And then we could have let it keep going. McAfee clearly was like, whoa, where is this going? Like, clearly, when Reese was reading out the teleprompter before they came out of commercial just to get his bearings, McAfee was not really paying attention or was like, huh, that seems a little weird. And then it happened in real time. And he was like, whoa, ho, ho. I, I, I thought, look, they let McAfee say whatever he wanted. He's like, apparently, Reese Davis got all the, all, the, all the power in this piece. I mean, so look, man, I, I think you're right in that, like, white people, they started it. They perfected it. You know what I'm saying? And then they turned it over to us. And I don't think that they're necessarily keeping up. Like, I mean, for instance, um, the other day, about a week ago, my wife, uh, you know, she's biracial, her mother's white. She had her family come over. They've had nothing but black men up in this family, man. You know what I'm saying? It's white people from Boston, very, you know, lovely family, whatever. But not a lot of, lot, of, lot of brothers that have been in this family. So I, I was talking to them and I said, yeah, man, taco meat. I said, she said, the woman said taco meat. And I was like, you know, yeah, man, taco meat. I, I started laughing. She's like, why are you laughing? I was like, oh, you don't know what taco meat meant? I was like, hmm. I just kind of assumed y'all would know what taco meat is given, you know, how y'all are in the world. And I'm saying so you, sometimes you cannot take for granted what white people don't know about us as well. That's that's the part. That's that's the part that I think like taco meat. I get where you're coming from. I see the example. I see the parallel that you were drawing in this circumstance. I tell you this. Reese Davis knew good and goddamn well that it wasn't naysayer. And if it wasn't <laughs> naysayer, then what was it? I mean, okay. So like, I put it like this. I put it like this. If it had been Ninja, he would have known it ain't Ninja. 
He would have understood it, right? And you know why he would have understood? Because he would have known what N-word goes in that place in that sentence. And that's what I'm saying. Everybody, like, I bet Nick Saban know. Nick Saban, oh, electric slide, bus stopping ass. I bet he knew exactly what that N-word was supposed to be. I bet Lane Kiffin know. But both, they gave those shirts to everybody on the team. Jalen Hurts was wearing one this past weekend. I just, yes, yes. I'm just kind of, I know that Jalen Hurts knew, but I just assumed, I thought it, they were operating with the assumption that white people don't, they're they not going to really get this. They don't know. Or if they do know, you know, people that figured out are cool. But I just kind of, I'm just, would you wear a Link shirt out in public? It's kind of like they not going to ask. I think that's what he, <laughs> like, but like you say that what you think, like white people know what NWA meant. That's fair. I mean, but Link, I don't even, I don't. I don't even think I would have thought that it was an acronym until they said it, that's what it was. I don't even think they had to say I, that. I had been trying to figure out what it was, and then Reese Davis didn't tell me what it was, but gave me enough information that I could figure out what. Like I say, shout out to you, Pat McAfee. Sometimes somebody got to speak for the audience because the audience was all like, wait, what? They brought they brought him in. Well, I'm telling you, look, go look at that video in your mentions because and we, we can recircle on this because I don't think Kirk Herbstreet knows what the hell was going on now he now he does at the time i don't know i think he caught up pretty quick and i'm gonna just throw this out here not exactly sure where to go but i'm gonna still throw it out here okay mm -mm. what if coach had been there how you think that would have go oh did i say would have go i sure did how you think that would have go oh <laughs> you, would I, you like me to talk about something else did I make you? Did, did, did I just make things terribly uncomfortable? I feel like I did. I think I did. You know why? Because I feel terribly uncomfortable right now. It, it wasn't. It, well, I mean, actually, I was gonna say if Lou Holtz would have known for sure if it had been that coach. Oh man, Lou Holtz. Lou, I'm, I'm fearful <laughs> of exactly how Lou Holtz. How Lou Holtz would have. I'm saying my, my favorite Lou Holtz story is my old personal Lou Holtz story. And you got to keep in mind, man, Lou Holtz got fired for doing campaign ads for Jesse Helms. In 1983, when he didn't even live in North Carolina, right? Like when when Lou went MAGA, that wasn't really something different. But I had Lou on the radio once about 15 years ago. I was like, "Hey, coach, how are you?" Bomani Jones. He's like, "What's your name?" I said, "Bomani." He said, "Say it again." Bomani. He said, "Say it again." I said, "Bomani." Couldn't get it. And then we got started, and you would have thought he'd known me for 50 years, right? Oh, Bomani, and I ain't gonna do a Lou Holtz impression because I feel like it's inappropriate. But you know, and and he just said it, and then it dawned on me, man. But as far as the names go that Lou Holtz has had to act like he's known forever, Bomani is light work. Oh, light work, God. I tell you. Light work. These dudes been around more places, seen more things. I, like, I bet you Adam Silver knew it wasn't Naysayer. Oh, I bet absolutely. you. I bet you Roger Goodell knew it wasn't Naysayer. Absolutely. I bet absolutely. you Jerry no. Richardson knew it wasn't Naysayer. <laughs> I'm, I'm saying that there are definitely a lot of... Why it's th them coaches absolutely know. I feel like Kirk Herbstreet is uh wonderbred enough that it might have slipped past hey, him. Hey, hey, I can hey, say hey, I'm, you know, I'm have... not trying to be mean to Kirk. I'm not trying to be mean to Kirk. He did block yeah, me on Twitter. I, I'm just telling you this. Kirk Kirk be around Kirk been around enough kids to know A, it ain't naysayer, and B, hey man, you know what kind of music his son's probably been listening to? He done heard a lot of things that he ain't want to hear. Now, maybe them kids be wearing headphones now, so it ain't a thing, but, you know, all the same. I want to switch gears just a little bit because I didn't plan to go this far with it, but we wound up with some real philosophical quandaries about the matter, and I'm glad that we were able to play the sound so that everybody else... Hey, Sean, can we play it one more time just so we can all get a good laugh out of this? 
Jalen Milrow often wears his own branded apparel reading <laughs> LANK across the front. It's an acronym that stands for Let a Naysayer Know. Being told by his former offensive coordinator, that Bill O'Brien. That is not what I thought. Is that not what you thought? Boy, let a naysayer know. Let a naysayer know. Of course. The professionals right in the middle let of the season. That's all right. right. I just keep I thought going. You almost lost me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it got real tight up here as you were. I just want to let you know. Reese, you were too smooth with that. I thought it was going down. Kirk don't know what to do. That's different than not knowing what's going on. By the way. Who who sit who get who's sitting at the head of that table? Who get the big piece of chicken at that table? You know what I'm saying? Five people at that broadcast. Who get the who getting the big piece of chicken? That's why they made them start wearing jackets. In the middle. In the last middle. Two times in the middle. Seen, yo, the new yo, guy. Last two times I seen McAfee on there, they made him put a coat on. I'm just throwing that out there. Like, like if if, if look, man, if you're going to be the face of this thing, like I feel you, you did it your way, big dog. But hey, man, come on, man. Hey, man, come on, man. Like New Year's resolution. Can you put a jacket on? I mean, at least cover your arms up. You know what I'm saying? They were like, hey, can you at least make me just cover your arms up when you're going to be, you know, be at the Rose yes. Bowl for us, please. All right. All right. You know what? This would be a good time to hit our break right fast. We're going to come back and talk about the actual college football because I think there's a lot really interesting that came out of that Rose Bowl. And because me and Joel are old, we're probably going to talk about some of the corny stuff about the Rose Bowl that just makes it perfect. Just perfect. Prize Picks is the most fun you can have by winning up to 25 times your money this football season, and now you can play during basketball season too. You just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projected stats, and place your entry. And with the NBA back, you can now pick combo projections across football and basketball from the Specials League, a league created specifically for combo projections that includes two or more players from different sports or leagues. Prize picks is really simple to play. You can make your picks and submit your entry in less than 60 seconds. And if you stick around for the end of the show, you'll get to hear some picks from producer Sean that can either help you win or make you fail miserably. So make sure you go to prizepicks.com slash Bomani and use code Bomani for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com slash Bomani. Prize picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. All right, I'm uh, going through the going through the YouTube chat. <laughs> My man who said John Groot definitely knew what it meant. Hulk Hogan, Hulk Hogan knew what it meant. <laughs> Riley Cooper, I mean, again, you fight every day, sayer. Riley Cooper demands unanimity. <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't. Oh boy, I couldn't stop laughing. Could not stop laughing, but. Alabama, me and Spencer talk about it earlier this year. You and I don't talk about it all here because it's really a me and Spencer topic, but you understand what we've been talking about forever, which is that Alabama standard different, man. Like, I was watching on TV this morning before I came in here, and Paul Feinbaum's like, Nick Saban hasn't won a national championship in three whole years. Three whole years. And if they wanted to be assholes about it, they could be like, well, that was also a uh, COVID year, which was a weird yes. year. Uh, I mean, yes. you know, but I mean, that team was going to win a national championship anyway. But I mean, I heard that the other day and I was like, man, three years, bro. Three years. Dude, one championship changed Michigan. Tom Osborne's whole reputation. Yes. You know what I mean? Like one, like Tom Osborne, like it totally changed his reputation. They're like, oh, you can finally win the big one now. And now right. Nick Saban has won in three years. Michigan has won 
half a national title since the Korean War. And we're looking at Nick Saban like, oh boy, three whole years. And by the way, as crazy as it is on television, the people to whom he actually has to answer, they are saying the same thing. Like they are like, yo, man, it's been three years. I mean, so I, the, the reason I, I have a personal connection to this is, you know, I, I briefly played for Dennis Franchione at TCU. He went to Alabama. That was the job he took right after there. And he went, he lasted there, what, two years? And ended up back at Texas A&M. And people were like, why, like, who would leave Alabama to go to Texas A&M? I was like, brother, oh, no. do you know what kind Everybody of life knew. you have to live there? <laughs> no, no, no. Everybody yeah. knew. Because Bill Curry had already had yeah. the brick thrown through his windshield, right? Like, once that happened, right. everybody knew what <laughs> time it was. And they ain't tell that man the truth about what he was walking into with those sanctions. He got oh, out of there yeah, as quick. Because remember, they couldn't give the job away after that. That's right. That's right. They had to. They, I mean, they had to go through a lot, a lot of different options to. Uh, who, who got After, it? Mike no, Shula? Okay, was no, no, Mike no, Shula? no. They could give the. They were able to give the job away after that because they gave it to Mike Price. It just lasted for a month, and then oh, that's you know, right, Mike. The, oh my god, the, the thing happened, and then they had to hire Mike Shula, and then after Mike Shula left, they couldn't give the job away, so they had to give a zillion dollars to Nick Saban because everybody had told him no. Like Rich Rodriguez had told him no. A couple other people, they couldn't get anybody to take the job, and it was Alabama ain't never gonna be that ever again. Da da da, all of that stuff. And then they just said, fine, give Nick Saban whatever he asked for. And they backed up the truck. They gave him all the money. And now they're saying it's been three whole years because this will be the longest it's been since they won a national championship. Bro, they went 12 and 1. They beat Georgia in the SEC championship game. This game went to overtime. And they clearly did not have the best players. But, money, this was the worst team Nick Saban's had at Alabama since what 2008 like when they had to run the Glenn Coffee you remember Glenn Coffee yeah cat, I'd say 20 I mean that 2010 team lost three games but they were really talented like they lost a lot of games Fair. but that was that was Mark Fair. Ingram I mean they were a really talented team they Trent just Richardson. dropped a few games yeah yeah I but I, I think that I thought this team didn't have like any frontline talent at the at the skill positions like whatever you think of Jalen Melrose like whatever but like that dude's not going to be a first round NFL pick. So, I mean, I, I think Nick Saban did a hell of a job. Like this team should not have been an overtime away from the national championship. Right. Like I, I, when this season started off, there's no way you could have told me that they would be, they would get that far. Um, but I mean, With a again, true freshman like, at left tackle, come, right? Yeah. Right. A true freshman at left tackle. I mean, Jalen is the first time starter. Uh, they didn't have any frontline running backs of receivers. I mean, like, what do you, what would, what did anybody like about this team outside of like the the secondary with Caleb Downs and Kool Aid? Like, what else, what else did people really like about this Bama team? Well, Dallas Turner, I think, was the other guy that people really liked. But I'm very curious about those receivers though, because they look just like the receivers they've been rolling out here for like the last five or six years. That all look exactly the same, and they seem to be very good to me. But they did not seem to have a quarterback that was the best fit. No matter how you think of Jalen Milrow, Jalen Milrow is kind of boom or bust. Like it's going to be big plays, or it ain't going to be nothing. Like if you want to run a quick game with him, it's not going to work. And they seem to have receivers those same five eleven, hundred ninety five pound, two hundred pound tanks that they've been rolling out year after year, they seem suited for a different type of quarterback than him. Yeah, Jude, the Judys and Burtons. And yeah, man, I mean, I, I think the thing about Jalen Milrow, it, which is kind of, I think people need to, it's it's got to be very frustrating to go from, you know, Jalen you know, Hurts to, uh, and then Bryce Young. 
to this, but that is the way you completely skipped over Mac Jones like it didn't happen. You skipped over Mac Jones like he didn't win a national championship. (laughs) Yeah, Mac was pretty nice. I forgot. Shout out Mac Jones, uh, first round pick. But when you get, I mean, it this is what life is like for most other college football programs, and also, like, I think the thing that's sort of frustrating for people they forget this is what most college quarterbacks look like like Jalen Milrow you know what I mean like he's good he's dynamic but like a lot of a lot of quarterbacks can't you know play the intermediate game all that well like you got to develop them especially at their freshman year so yeah I mean it was a bad fit but I mean is the theory that maybe next year was the team that was going to be the really good one you know what I mean like maybe that like you give you give Milrow a chance or you get somebody in the portal right because they didn't get what they I wanted in the portal this offseason. Yeah, I guess they had they had just been they've just been so good for so long. Like doing the count off of the top of my head, Alabama has finished in the top ten sixteen years in a row. Yeah, man. Sixteen yeah, man. years in a row, and they're not doing this like Oklahoma, Nebraska, and the Big Eight, where you basically had one, maybe two games all year that you knew you had to get ready for, like one non-conference and then Oklahoma, Nebraska at the end of the year. They're doing this in what has been the best conference in America for the better part of the last 20 years, the most talented conference in America and the strongest division in America for the better part the of the last 20, 25 years. The conference that wants it the most. And, and the conference that wants yes. it the most. The conference that's like, oh, I can't let you stun on me. We got to like take some of that, right? Um, yeah, Bama has been on a run of development and retention and that's both players and coaches and success that is unprecedented in modern history right like that's a run that's not supposed to last five years let alone 15 and there's just this natural erosion and so the margins get smaller georgia steals a piece of the rock and then like all the other foundational pieces of college football have changed around bama you know the nil the transfer portal like dylan rayola went to nebraska like that wouldn't have happened five years ago you know what I mean? So it I just have. I don't know. Well, yeah, I mean the name, the family name, right? If, That's if, the only if, reason. If his name I was Dylan Raider, you know, Correct. or something like that. Like, Correct. That guy does Correct. not go to Nebraska. So things are changing fast around Bama, and yet and still Nick Saban found himself in the playoffs a couple yards away from going to the national championship game. And I look, it doesn't me saying it like this doesn't make any sense because Bama don't give a shit. Like, Bama fans don't give a shit. They like, I heard all that, but what? No. I mean, what? What you got? <laughs> and what? What you got? All right, I got two things to point out. Uh, shout out to John in the chat who makes the point that, and for those of you who don't know, Jalen Milrow told everybody that Bill O'Brien told him that maybe he wasn't a quarterback, which, of course, is a loaded statement to make. However, a whole lot of y'all need to stop acting like y'all wasn't thinking the same exact thing around week five of this season. Anyway, uh, John says here in the chat, Bill O'Brien, he just tried to lank. We're not riding for Bill O'Brien. I'm just saying, apparently Bill O'Brien, Bill O'Brien was trying to, Bill O'Brien was trying to let a naysayer know, right? Like, like he was just trying to, he was, he was, he was just trying to inform a naysayer. Christian Hackenberg was the truth. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, it's not like Bill it's not O'Brien. like he was alone. It's not like he was alone. Like, like, but look, he tried to look. All I'm saying is, and the dude makes a point. Whether he was right or wrong, if you ask Bill O'Brien what he was trying to do, he would say lank. Number two, do you think Mac Jones would wear a lank shirt? 
That's another discussion. Like, how does, like you said, Jalen Hurts is wearing the length shirt. How does Mac Jones, I would love to see an interview with Mac Jones. Number three, let us not forget that at Alabama, they play the C murder. Dun, 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 dun. And I asked, ah. do they know what that song is? And they call it down for my defense. Yeah, they say down for my defense. That's because I was very curious as to how that all uh, came about. But yes, all, all, all this with Alabama, don't you worry. They may not have sustained excellence, but they will always have some excellence. Everybody has had a big year there. Mike DuBose even had a big year, even if it was followed by a terrible one. Mike Shula had a big-ish year. That one, I want to say 05, where Prothrow got hurt. Prothrow doesn't get hurt. A whole lot goes different. Um, Bill Curry had the, I mean, Bill Curry had started the season 10-0. and 0, And then, of course, they fired him after losing two games in a row after that. But everybody gets a year. I feel like Franchione won 10 games there one of them years he yes. was there. Remember, the, he was on probation. They threw their own bowl game. They scheduled a game against Hawaii because they was on probation. And so they basically scheduled a road game at the end of the year in Hawaii so they can have a bowl game. I forgot about that. I forgot about that. That's not, that, I mean, that's and a good Frank look. You know was saying? like, yo, these people are crazy. Man, look, see, he thought Alabama was crazy, so he went to A&M. He's like, these people have more reasonable expectations than the people in Tuscaloosa. <laughs> easily, easily. I tell you this, yeah. though. I give you proof that he was right in that assumption. Okay. What is the worst beatdown that you as a journalist ever covered? 77 uh, a You know, OU at, uh, I mean, I'm sorry, A&M at OU in 2003. Okay. Okay. Did, 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 uh, did his Franchoni get fired after that game? He did not. He did not. Did I he get assaulted? He coached next year too. <laughs> oh yeah. But he, he survived did, did, he, did he get assaulted? Nope. Did anybody run up on him at his crib? We all felt sorry. Because all of yeah, those nobody, things would have happened if they'd have lost the game 77. Can you imagine if Alabama went to Oklahoma and lost a game 77? To, and by the way, a game that should have been about 100 to nothing. It was 77 to nothing because they stopped trying. It was 77 to nothing in the third quarter, and they started running with a walk-on fullback. They ran him into the line four straight times on their, their final, like, two drives. You know, like it was, they were trying. I'll never forget Bob Stoops saying after the game, he just said, they asked him like, well, you know, what did, you've never been in a situation before. What did you think about it? And I'll never forget him saying this because it is the most condescending thing I've ever heard. He said, I believe in being decent to people. And I was like, bro, if the opposing coaches said I had to be decent, I had to protect y'all from what my team was going to do to y'all. I was like, man, that is an ass kicking. That is, you know, I mean, it's not unprecedented. But yeah, there's no way Alabama would tolerate something like that. Like they don't want to lose. I mean, they lost to Louisiana Monroe. You know what I'm saying? They would have. Fi- they'd have fired him at halftime. Yeah, that that that's unconscionable. Yeah, that's that. A mean, and M wasn't supposed to lose that bad. I mean, even that right. Alabama but team they, was supposed but to. But lose they let that. him <laughs> literally live. He doesn't. Yeah. If that happens at Alabama, the man dies. Yeah. <laughs> Period. He wouldn't have been able to stay in town. That's for sure. I mean, they, I mean, <laughs> uh, you know what I'm saying? They'd be like, "Hey, bro, you gonna have to, you know, find some other place for you to live." You know what I mean? Um, he wouldn't have done the press conference. Yeah. I. I but so so he wouldn't have got to. Say, he I, wouldn't have gave the speech after the game. He'd have never seen them boys ever again. So are we really saying here then, Bo, that like even a playoff berth is not enough for Alabama? Like even a playoff berth? I'm saying that what happens with Alabama is if they, it's not even about whether or not the playoff berth is enough. 
do they think you still got it, right? And so for the fans, that you know, fans are a little cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. That's just kind of what it is, right? The difference between, like, so all the stuff we hear about Ryan Day and all the heat about oh, Ryan Day, there was all that heat on John Cooper, and John Cooper kept that job for 13 years because that heat is on the ground. It didn't, it didn't get up to the people who actually make the decision. The difference between Alabama and everybody else is it does get to the level of the people at the top. The decision makers are just as impatient as the people. That's the difference. Right. But I think Saban's just going to retire. Well, yeah. I mean, maybe he'll... You, okay, that's a good question. Do you think he'll retire this year or next year? Yes, this year. In the next couple of weeks? Yes. Wow. I've thought, I have thought all year that this would be his last year. And what Nick Saban is now, it's very interesting, is that there are... He doesn't really have any peers in college football with regards to age and accomplishment, right? Like Nick Saban is 72 years old and has got all those national championships. I can't think of like who his contemporaries are that have achieved the level of success that he has. Like if Pete Carroll has stayed in college, Pete Carroll would be somebody that would, you know, that would fit the description we're talking about. But you go up and down with this, all the there there is no venerable. Like, like there was a time where you had all these venerable 70-year-olds, right? We don't have those. Like, Bob Stoops bailed early, for example. He would be a kind of Nick Saban contemporary. But in basketball, there are analogs to Nick Saban all over the place. And they all just quit their jobs. Roy Williams, Jim Beheim, Mike Krzyzewski, all those guys who had all that power, they all looked at this new landscape and were like, nah, man, I've had enough of this. I don't know what Nick Saban would do. Maybe he goes to work for a television network, but I can't imagine him looking at what this is now. I can't see how it's worth the stress for him anymore. I just can't see it. I guess the thing is, is like, is it, is it about the stress or is it like nothing else fills him with life like that? Because that was always the thing they said about Bear Bryant, right? The reason he was scared to retire is like, what am I going to do? You know, and then like, he died and, in a month. And, it was, it, and he died a month later. Yeah. And so I, I just, I, Nick Saban clearly loves football. Uh, his life has been driven by, it. and I just, is TV going to give him that thrill? Um, and I, I wonder if that, I'm certain that's something he's probably wrestling with. But to your point, you're right. Like, why would he come back? I don't blame him. Like, I'm, like I like what is happening in college football for the benefit of the athletes, right? And the families that are attached to it. But if I were a coach, I totally see, like, if I've been in this for 20, 30 years, you know what I'm saying? And, like, guys could leave after a year. I spend three years recruiting somebody, and they're gone after their freshman year or whatever else. Like, I could totally be like, this is for the birds. I won't do this no more. Well, this is, uh, first of all, what we have is unsustainable, right? Like, I mean, it was never sustainable in the first place because it was built on the idea of not paying people for their work, right? But now that this is all gone, the places it's going, it's going to fall atop itself. There's just kind of no way around it. Now, if you want to divorce yourself from cynicism, in the discussion of this, if you care about working with athletes, right? If you care about working with young people, which I, for what it's worth, I think Nick Saban does care about to a degree. It's really hard to do that now, right? Like if the guys, the way that you can only truly work with cats, if they trust you in a, we're going to be in this together for a while sort of way. Right. And that's not what it is, right? Yeah, like you can't, the buy-in part isn't happening. Everybody's just looking to jump and go, and I get it. I think those guys are all making terrible decisions, overwhelmingly. 90% of the people that decide to do all this transferring, I think, are making really bad decisions. To the extent that they get to choose, because, you know, the coaches also... Yeah, but you have the right to make bad decisions. It doesn't change the fact that the decisions are bad, but I understand the argument of giving them the right to make the bad decision. 
Oh, no. What I'm saying is that sometimes I think the coaches are also pushing kids out when they don't have a choice. Correct. Correct. And uh, a, a bunch too. of these options. And, they, and, and they're using it. They're blaming the kids for that. But they're also, I mean, we see it with Dion. I mean, Dion is saying, hey, man, you might want to do something. He's not the only coach out there that's onto that. But yes, I hear your point. Yeah. Well, the other part well, a lot of kids well, this, is the, but this is the thing, man. Transferring to play more, unless you're a quarterback, probably, probably not a good idea. Or if you're like Jamison Williams, where you're actually a first round talent, but somehow you're the number four receiver on the depth chart at Ohio State, right? Like, I can't, I can't really fault you there, right? Like, I get you, but the, I'm just not good enough to play here, so I'm going somewhere else. Like, you remember, the, you remember when Adrian Peterson made Deshaun Choices Mama sick? You remember that? Oh yeah. <laughs> I'm sure. I, I'm sure she. I'm sure that he was telling the truth. I'm sure she was not doing well. But uh, Deshaun Choice played in the NFL for a while. He went to Georgia Tech, but he started at Oklahoma. And then Adrian Peterson showed up, and then he got one of those, I got his illness in the family I gotta transfers, get back home so you can mama. start playing right away. And so we was just like, damn, Adrian Peterson made his mama sick. <laughs> and he, and that's an NFL running back uh, he, he, uh, mama he made sick, by the way, too. Yes. Like Deshaun Choice played in the league. Yeah, he was but, good. But if, but if I'm a running back, the best thing that ever happened was Adrian Peterson showing up. Give him the ball all the time. Priest Holmes got to play with Ricky Williams. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, you know, if it had been a different time, Priest Holmes might have gone somewhere else. So it, th there is enough to eat. I, I I totally get it because even, and I'm not, not to make this about me because I wasn't good or nothing like that, but I thought about this in school. I was like, do I want to transfer somewhere else to play? Like, you know, just like get a chance and like play. And I'm like, that. I think it, in 19, 2021, it seems like the most important thing in the world to play, to get out on the field. And you're not thinking about, Hey, what is it like if I actually like build a life for myself at this school and make connections here? Like, because that's the thing. And you've ta we've talked, you've we, you and we have talked about this. Like, building a home someplace and having some place you can go in an institution you're affiliated with can have benefits that last you much longer than them four years you there, as opposed to just transferring around and trying to play in an attempt to get to the NFL. And I mean, it's just like at the end of the day, I don't think all of that is worth it. I, I agree, but I also think that like you know. You get to pick, you get to choose how you want to use your college experience. And if you think playing is that important, you get to make bad decisions. Yeah, you get to make bad decisions. I just, I don't, yeah. I mean, I guess that's the thing. Like every kid that's doing this, and I was delusional like this. I thought I was going to play in the NFL until I didn't. And I, I, a lot of these kids feel the same way. And so it's hard to tell them, you know, give up your dream. The, th only, the thing you've been working on your entire life, probably, like give it up. Like, and just sit here and go to school. That's that's tough. That's tough, you know? Nah, I feel that. Now, before we get out of here, uh, we have not talked about the odds-on favorite to win the championship, Michigan, or the team they're going to play against Washington. By the way, shout out. We, we, we bringing the 90s back. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, like that's, that, that's, that's what we got here. Knock the Washington up. thing is weak. The Washington thing is weird. It's not weird because, like, Washington is a sneaky sort of program in the sense that they always have access to players because California has so many players. And Washington can offer Washington can offer something that no other, I'll call it a legitimate Power 5 program can offer, which is we're in a city. Yes. Like, if you want to be thing. in a city, yeah, you want to be in a city but also play big-time football, your options are basically there – Miami, USC, Georgia Tech, but Georgia Tech, UCLA. you got to get in. Yeah, you see, right. but UCLA, yeah. UCLA is is in LA, but is it wet? It still feels like it's in its own world, right? Right, right, right. It's a bubble, right? 
Yeah, it's, it's like USC. Yeah, and I guess. Yeah. USC, you know, but there aren't that many places that give you, people do not think of, for whatever reason, the University of Washington as a city school in the ways that they think of other schools that are in cities like Seattle. They don't think of it like that. No, that's real. That's real. But yeah, I mean, it's a it's a beautiful place. They've, and they've, all, I mean, like Warren Moon is from LA. You know what I mean? Yes. And Warren Moon went up there in the 70s. So they've always been like kind of eaten off of that. Yeah, and Chris Peterson was consistently getting like top 10 recruiting classes. Like they were a power in the 90s. Like it wasn't just, they were just kind of popping up and being decent here and there. They were a power in the 90s. I want to say had like a top five finish in the 80s. Like this is a, this is a program that has pedigree and has history. And then they just went and got a 45-year-old beast at quarterback and boom, voila, got some receivers and it's on and popping. If that team played anywhere else, they would be a phenomenon. Well, you know, I heard people say, compare them to LSU 2019. And that is, I mean, it sounds absurd, but we didn't know what we were looking at at LSU 2019 until it was all over. And we're like, oh, that was Justin Jefferson and Jabbar Chase and Joe Burrow, who all ended up balling in the league. We didn't think that all three of them were going to be that good. So, I mean, when I was looking at them against Texas, and it's it's not like Texas defensive backs. I mean, there were a couple of times they got burnt when homeboy had to do the, the pass interference. It's not like they were out of position all the time or like they were not, they were doing terrible coverage. It's just Washington has an NFL offense, bro. You know what I'm saying? And sometimes those dudes just going to win. That is the best Texas team since the one that won the national championship. I think that's a Wait fair a statement to make about that. No, team. the 08 team is about as good. 2009? You think you think it's better than the 2009 I the, team? I, the, I the, actually thought the I thought the 08 team was better than the 09 team. I didn't think the 09 huh. team. I thought the 09 team kind of just won all their games. I didn't think that one was quite as good. But the 08 team, that was basically the 09 team, but it also had a rack pole. Uh, that one was a uh, that that one was a monster chief. Yeah, the, oh, that, 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 what game did they lose? Did they, was that the year? They lost the Texas they Tech game after they, they, had, they had had a run of just games against top 15 teams. Like I think they had one against Missouri. They had the Oklahoma game. Um, they had one more right before that that was like a real game. And then um, Earl Thomas missed that. Earl Thomas missed the tackle. Crabtree scores the touchdown. And they lost that game by one point. That was the oh, best the Crabtree, I dreamed it in my head. Post game interview. I, I, yes. <laughs> I dreamed it in my yes. head. Yes. So yeah. I remember yes. That. But yeah. I mean, but they beat they beat a really good team in that Sugar Bowl, and now they get to go play Michigan, who did not play well against Alabama at all, and then we're just like, okay, but wait, we're better than them. Why don't we just go do better than them stuff? And now Jim Harbaugh's weird ass out here about to look like the renegade with this national championship before he take it to the NFL. You think he's gonna go? Because I mean, I yes. Michigan's going to try really, really hard to keep him, understandably so. And are I, they? I are they? Like, are they? Are they? Well, I mean, allegedly. So I, I have a coworker. Well, shout out BML, who's a Michigan fan. He's all all of them. And apparently, they're making him a, a strong damn offer. Was that what Les Miles said to stay? Yes. Uh, yes. But I don't know. I mean, I don't. Oh, that's Will you know, Wade. That, that, that was Will Wade. Strong. Will Wade made the strong damn offer. Oh, this Will Wade. <laughs> That's what that's what that's a strong damn offer. What did Les Miles said something like that? But anyway, but he yeah, said he had so, a damn strong football team when he was lying, acting like he wasn't gonna go to Michigan, even though he did ultimately did not go to Michigan. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. I think Harbaugh wears people out. That's my thing. Harbaugh wears people out, and so my question will be about exactly how strong they will try to keep him and how indispensable they truly believe he is. At Ohio State, they let him go because they don't think any of these guys are indispensable. I don't know how they feel about him. I personally think, at least for college football, I really don't want him to go because whether we like it or not, the stars of college football are coaches. 
Coaches are the ones that keep this thing interesting. And when we, you and I were kids, the coaches were very interesting across the board. And now it's just a bunch of boring ass dudes. And I love having this weirdo around because he's just so interesting. And we lose a lot losing an interesting character. Is he kind of like like a less uh, vengeful Steve Spurrier? You know what I mean? We're just kind of... Nah, that's not the right. Nah, because he stands. No, because he he stands for things. Like Spurrier was interesting because he was just so flippant about these things and just loved talking back (laughs) to people. But like, I mean, Harbaugh, regardless of which whether or not you agree with him, Harbaugh publicly taking the stances he's taken on abortion, for example, don't nobody do that, right? Like he's willing to take the smoke that comes with that. But he's also the guy that's out here saying these guys should be paid. He's the dude that came out here and condemned Kaepernick at first and then realized, yo, I was tripping and then started getting on the like, yo, we got to do more to make sure that people have proper representation when they wind up in these court situations because he had to stop and ask himself, what can I do to make things better? Um, While all the crazy stuff about drinking all the milk and everything and he didn't want a quarterback that ate chicken because the chicken was a a nervous bird. And then he bought some chickens and now he's got a whole new opinion of chickens. Like, he is so, I love it. I don't, I don't have, I don't know if I like him. I have not come up with an answer with that. But the idea that the coach is interesting. We don't, like the, 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 the Kalen DeBoer dude, he has a very interesting football team to watch. I don't know a damn thing about this man. Oh, yeah. I mean, like I always said, if I hit Kalen DeBoer with my car, I'm not sure I still would know who he was unless he had a Huskies pullover on. But I mean, also, the, my guess, Bomani, is that you would not like Jim Harbaugh because Everybody seems to hate Jim Harbaugh. Like, I mean, first of all, how quickly the Big Ten rallied around. Have you also, have you ever known of a head coach who's had uh, highly publicized, like, run-ins with coaches like uh, Jim Harbaugh? Like, remember the the Jim Schwartz handshake thing? The Jim Schwartz thing? Yeah, the handshake thing. Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll, what's your deal? What's your deal? (laughs) Yeah. So, do people not like him or do people get tired of him? That seems to be the question. And I would note... At least with that Stanford staff and with this one, you put brothers on, right? Willie Taggart's, Willie Taggart's his guy. David Shaw's his guy. Uh, Sharon Brown, if Harbaugh leaves, there's a good chance that Sharon Brown be the first black head coach at the University of Michigan. Sharon Moore, by the way. Sharon, oh, it's not Sharon Brown. Moore. It's not, it's not, boy, I, I can see why you might, you know what I'm saying? You know, exactly why like I thought of, you know exactly why I thought it was Brown, and we can't say why, but it's based on the text exchanges. I thought it was Brown. Sorry. Yeah, exactly, 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 exactly. But I can totally understand who somebody called her Sharon White in our group accidentally, though. Accidentally. Um, but yeah, no, man, I mean, you know, I, I guess Sharon is in line, but I just, there's no way if I was Michigan that I would, even if he got on my nerves, I would keep him. I, I truly believe that Jim Harbaugh is one of the two or three best coaches of my lifetime. Like, it's he an succeeded argument. everywhere. I mean, he, he, won he wanted San Diego. He made Stanford great. He made Stanford great. He went to a Super Bowl. You know what I'm saying? Nobody's been better pro and college than Jim Harbaugh, right? Like when you really Absolutely. look at it, nobody's pulled both off like he has. Oh, wait a minute. Jimmy Johnson. Jimmy Johnson. I don't know. Okay. Mm. That is that. Yeah, I guess that's mm. the one. That's fair. And Harbaugh's yeah. time in the NFL was short enough to be legitimately comparable. I think that's you are correct. Yeah, yeah. but I mean, but it's it's close. I mean, but the th- the idea that it is close says something, right? Um, and we we thought Michigan. I don't know about you, but I thought Michigan was done as a national power. I was just like, they've tried everybody. It's not going to work. Then they'll be they can be eight and four, nine and three, ten and two sometimes, but they'll never get back 
to the level of wherever they were before integration or whatever. You know what I mean? Like I just I didn't I didn't think it was going to be possible for that. And he did that. Right. Um, so I don't I don't Sharon Moore, I, you know, he seems like a really good coach, um, you know, and everybody testifies to that. But I don't that that's different than Jim Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh is special. And I would not let him so. go, even if he if that dude got on my nerves. And he if he parked in my parking you. spot every day. Yeah. I agree with you. But the way that man was crying, Sharon Moore, the way that man was crying after that one game for Harbaugh, that's a man that's like, this dude is going to set me up to get this job. G-U-I. <laughs> G-U-I. He promised me. He promised me. He promised me. He said so, me and my white wife. We're going we gonna, we gonna to be on top. Oh, he did do that. He did do that. I forgot he yeah. was the Hubert Davis of college football. He yeah. he did. Yeah. He also he did, did ride he, for Jalen Milrow. We didn't get into that. I because you know we 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 differ a little on the Jalen Milrow Bill O'Brien thing. We do. Uh, All I'm saying, my my point simply is Bill O'Brien ain't the only person that wondered if that dude would be better off playing running back. I that's I, all I'm I, saying. I, I can He's not the only one. There are a lot of bad white quarterbacks, and they don't be telling them to go. Hey man, you should. That's try fair. Football. That's like, fair. Listen, Dan Kendra. But I would but I would make this argument. Nobody told Byron Leftwich to be a tight end. For that for that plotting dude, it was quarterback or nothing, right? Jalen Milrow is a tank, a really fast tank. You it, it don't take much to think about putting him somewhere else. When the white dudes can't play, they just go to one double A. Nobody nobody's <laughs> trying to find no other place for them. Like so I think with Milrow, if his question was not whether you're a quarterback, but whether you're good enough at quarterback, are we having the same discussion? Because the real the real question with him was, is he good enough to be that to be a quarterback? And that is up in the air. Right. I mean, I guess it's just like, what does he want to do with his life? I, I I'm I'm partial to Milrow, and I'll say this: we know he's from Houston. He went. He's from Katy. He didn't go to Katy High School though. He went to Katy Tompkins, which is a new school, and he beat Katy. And I like I like I so it's a big deal. I it's ride deal. with that dude. That's a, like Katie was on a 75 game winning streak when he beat them at this new school in Katie. You know, I mean, like, I he didn't beat him at North Shore or Duncanville. Was, I bet they was mad. Oh, they, they, they probably were like, We got, we probably like, we can't let that boy go to another school next time. You know what I'm saying? Look, Somebody look, got look, All I'm saying is this for those of you who don't know, Katie High School is where Andy Dalton went to high school. And if I had to bet, he was handing the ball off to a dude that looked a lot more like Andy Dalton than looked like Jalen Milrow and was probably throwing a lot Bill of passes to dudes that looked more like, uh, yeah, Bill Jasslow. That was exactly the dude I was thinking about throwing plays. I don't know <laughs> if it's changed since we was in school, but when me and you were in school, Andy Dalton would be throwing to an Andy Dalton and handing to an Andy Dalton. And Andy Dalton might be in coverage too, but they was winning. Don't get <laughs> twisted. They won like 11 state championships there. Like that's a, in, in, the, in the state's largest classification, that is a legitimate power. So yeah, man, that's like they're like the '80s, '90s Nebraska, Houston when we were growing up. You know, what I'm yo, saying? is Jalen Milrow Nigerian and nobody told me he has a name that his middle name, a middle name, yeah, his middle name appears to be very Yoruba. Okay, see, you would and, know, and, not and, me, but I saw the name and I was like, yeah, and let's and let's just say, um, it would not take much for his hair to braid. It'll 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 stay. It'll stay. <laughs> oh, right. I'm just saying, on, he has he has. His his hair is made to stay in braids. He is. It I is. Do a it, naysayer like that, man. I ain't doing a naysayer like nothing. I'm only doing them like that if you think there's something wrong with having hair more close to the roots of the motherland, which I don't have oh, a problem no, look, with. But apparently, you look, do with the way that you respond no. with your lying ass beard. That's a uh, no. That that look, yeah. There we go. That, that you know what I'm saying? Yeah. 
That, that is the, the misleading Joel Anderson. Check him out at Slate. My brother, I appreciate you. Thank you for joining us here. Thank you, brother, as always. My pleasure. Anytime. Oh, yeah, man. Oh, hold, on, hold on one second, though. We got Sean to hit people with them prize picks, baby. What we got? Bo, I just want to say shout out to prize picks. I had a, the last uh, picks I gave hit big for the audience members who decide to follow me. If not, um, that's on you guys for this week. <laughs> uh, we're going bam out of bio. 15 rebounds and assists. I'm taking more. Tyrese Halliburton, 44 points, rebounds and assists. I'll take more there as well. And then SGA, 57 and a half fantasy points. I'll take more there uh, for prize picks. I just want to point out right fast that I ain't no big Drake fan, but I recognize that Drake is that dude. Is Canada got like the rapper and the Hooper with SGA that's like topping anything Ooh. America doing right now. Cause if that's the Bro. case, it's bad enough that Italy got faster Lamonts than us. We got to tighten up. I mean, man, look, I mean, you know, I was really upset when Ben Johnson had us and had us in a chokehold. Yeah. And I mean, I mean, SGA, man, ain't, ain't too many out there. Dude, they gonna have to deal with them brothers, man. <laughs> they gonna we have got, to deal we with that dude, man. You know? we, we get, we get invaded by the Canadians dog at basketball. <sighs> I mean, Zion that means they got bad. That, that would mean that that would mean they'd have basketball and hockey. We would lose the entire winter to them. I'm just, I mean, it tells Zion to get it together, man. You know what I'm saying? You like New Orleans? <laughs> you know, yeah. Zion got to get it together. Zion got to keep it in check. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, man, we need yeah, to take, I, we just need to, we need to sit both of them down. Oh yeah, I mean, a drop squad need to show up. Like, hey, brother, you you're, you're not representing us properly in public. You know what yes. I'm saying? It's time, yes. time to get it together. Yes. But ladies and gentlemen, thanks so much for joining us here on The Right Time. Thanks for watching us on YouTube. Remember, follow The Right Time. Oh, Sean, you handle everything behind the scenes. My bad. I forgot to give you a shout out. But yes, yeah, subscribe, like, rate us, review us, give us five stars. You only give us four stars. I'm inclined to believe you are a hater. We'll talk to you guys in a couple of days. Take it easy. Take it easy.